Welcome to the Leave Better Podcast, where we coach you how to overcome what's holding you back from your next level. Our goal is for you to win in your business and life. Join us in engaging conversations with extraordinary people. Here's your host, certified coach and licensed therapist, Miriam Gunn. Hey guys, this has been a really fun interview for me. I had the opportunity to interview Mark Lunt, who is the owner of a tiny market that was important to me earlier in my life, in my college years, and my early married years, and we had such a nice conversation. But it was an interesting space where we couldn't get our Zoom to work, and we ended up just calling each other on our phones, and unfortunately, the quality of the audio kind of sucks. Like, he's quite a bit quieter than I am, and I don't know how to equalize that, but it's still worth listening to. Mark is somebody who has found ways to be involved in the community and draw people together, and it was just an enjoyable conversation, so I hope you enjoy it as well, despite the sound unequalness. Hello, this is Mark. Hey, Mark. Okay, it's Miriam. Oh, great. Yeah, I can hear you better. So nice, and now we're in real time. So this is kind of exciting because this is the first time I've done a podcast on on the fly, like with no visual and on the phone, and... We're going to see how this goes. I think it's going to be just a fun conversation. I I am just so excited. I am a Cache Valley, like not native. I wasn't born and raised here, but I, I lived here since 85. And at one point, you know how when you live somewhere for a while, you you move from here to there to wherever. And there was a time in the early 90s that I lived in the island and we would walk to the island market all the time and I I just loved it. So why don't you give me a teeny bit of your background and just share, you know, how kind of how you got involved in the various things you've been involved in. Oh yeah, I'm a total accidental entrepreneur. I moved up to Logan in 92 to go to Utah State and basically dropped out of college because of Control-Alt-Delete. Just every time I got on the computer, I felt like it was freezing up on me or I was losing data or it was on a flash drive or a, what do they used to call them, hard drive and the door wouldn't open. Or yeah. I just, yeah, didn't have a healthy relationship with computers. And so I actually dropped out of college to be a mailman. Okay. And I met my wife at Utah State. We ended up... We honeymooned at Solitude for a ski season, and we're just ski bums for for that winter. And then I got on at the post office, and we lived up in Jackson Hole for a couple of years. And then we decided to come back to Logan as we were thinking about having our family and whatnot. And then I got a part-time full-benefit job at the post office, and in that kind of when I was a mailman, I guess I'm kind of jumping around. I ended up getting like some fixer uppers and a couple rental properties and whatnot. It worked great for my wife and I, it kind of made it so we had enough extra income that she could stay home with our kids and kind of something for her to do. And then I got the part-time job at the post office and then I just got a little more serious about doing fixer uppers, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then that led to the island market, which was a fixer upper, and it was mm-hmm. roof was leaking, and it, you know, it just it needed <laughs> kick in the pants, I guess. And so I got some investors together, and we acquired it. We've had it a decade now, 
and it's been a fun project and really community centric at least the way i view it (laughs) have that little corner market yeah how many places can you walk to i mean that's one of my like goals as i retire to have a walkable life and i loved when we used to live down there we would walk there not every evening but often hey, let's go get, you know, whatever, an ice cream bar or a soda or whatnot. You know, it wasn't ever anything healthy, but we would we would just walk down there. And I just, I love the smell of it and the look of it and the feel of it. It just is of a bygone era. I'm so glad you rescued it. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's been a great thing for the community, I think. I know some people, we have some customers, they'll come in two or three times a day you know, get a soda refill or whatnot. It, but really, I think it was coming in for some interaction and our employees know tons of the customers. And it, it is kind of, coffee shops can be the same way. You know, kind of a sense of community there for the employees and the and the customers. So that's been a lot of fun. And then I ended up spearheading the effort to get the Boulevard Trail put in, which connects downtown to the university and first dam you can actually go all the way from downtown to wilderness on that trail which is pretty pretty unique and i don't know that's the first time i ever tried to do something it was like before i got the post office but i learned a lot about myself with that project it took years and years and years <laughs> to get it done and get the financing and a lot of different setbacks but in the in the end we have that trail yeah let me pause you there because I think everywhere, I mean, this podcast is global. I don't know. It's not huge, but I have people all over the place. And where people are listening, I want you to talk a little bit about what it takes to get something like that spearheaded. Because when you say years and years, I mean, so many people get stopped with the first no. What is it that helped you say, no, this is a worthwhile thing to have done I mean, the trail is awesome. It's amazing for the community. What is it that gave you the like the courage and the fortitude to push through the no? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't know. My wife was like a few times like, just quit. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, I, I think, and you hear a lot in business literature, but publicly announcing what you're going to do puts more on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so I was vocal about that, and, and maybe I was—I have grit, and and I was making incremental progress. You know, the city every ten years or whatnot—they have to update their park and rec master plan, and so that came up, and I was able to rally a bunch of people to to go to the meeting and make it the number one priority, which made it harder for park and rec to avoid for, for a myriad of reasons i think park and rec didn't really want it it's, it's much easier for them to do soccer fields and whatnot all their employees know what to do for Trails sure. are a lot harder to plow in the winter and now you have all these flower beds along them and the the sprinklers are different and they're just more challenging for the city in my opinion right than allocating resources elsewhere here and where we live in logan utah there's so many kids that there's tons of pressure for baseball fields and soccer fields and whatnot. And so as I learned more about that, I saw ways to try and get some funding for for the trail. Mm-hmm. 
you know, they're, they're expensive, man. I do not envy cities. After I've worked with them, <laughs> they, they've got a lot going on. Here, just our little town, Logan, has about 50,000 people. There's over 90 miles of sewer that gets a year older every 12 months. So right. it's, it's a real challenge for them to deal with infrastructure, let alone all the public stuff that's that we all see and want addressed. Yeah. No, I I can appreciate what you're saying. It's easy for people in the community to say, why don't they do something about this, whoever, quote unquote, they are. And it really takes someone, you know, to kind of step in and fight for things. And times have changed, you know, now it's a lot seen as safer by a lot of people to go out on their own than yeah. hitch your saddle to whoever whoever you have a job for. Yeah, yeah. No, I would agree with you. It is easier now than ever. People just, if you didn't grow up in an era without Google and without the internet, you can't even imagine how much more difficult any of this was. Although I do think, you know, relationships made a difference, who you know, and, you know, creating networks and connectivity and connections and I actually think it's still that way. I mean, my business is word of mouth, and I know that probably a lot of your business is word of mouth. You put out a good product, and people tell each other about it and stuff like that. So you also managed to get the first, I believe, first liquor license in 30 years. That's no small feat. If you're not from Utah, nobody understands kind of how our liquor laws work here, but they don't work like anywhere else in the nation. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the cash bar and what kind of got you to kind of go in that direction? Uh, My parents were always community minded Mm. and doing stuff for others and whatnot. And so that's kind of where I came in the I'd worked with the down or with the Island Market and then an organization called the Downtown Alliance asked me to join them and work on some economic development. And from that, I saw that one of our big challenges is just some nightlife downtown, and it affects a lot of businesses trying to recruit. You know, the university, these other places, not having nightlife kept people from wanting to take employment here, and. And so from that, I decided to, to try and bring a brew pub to town and, and try and get something going. I kept looking and I was able to get a old restaurant building that the owners would owner finance to me. And so I didn't have to, it was kind of a rent to own situation. And so we had the building and for a couple of years we ran it as a venue so we'd have concerts or we'd lease it out for a wedding dinners or tons of quinceaneras worked with the lab community a lot which I, I really enjoy and so we did that until we were able to get bar license and yeah I think it's actually the first one in 40 years in Logan <laughs> and it took some doing I wish I knew how many hours yeah. it took yeah, but it, it took a lot. You know, and uh, you were the first one because then shortly after that or sometime later, it seems like that's been a lot easier for people to get. But you're absolutely right. There is no or was no nightlife in Cache Valley. And if you like outdoor activities, awesome. You've got incredible mountains and amazing things to do. But if you want to do something in a non-chain restaurant, good luck. 
because there's just not a whole lot of that. And I appreciate that you've created a space that people can enjoy. Yeah, it's been fun. The community's really risen. I mean, we've, we've been, we're very, very pleased, maybe even surprised with how successful it has been. But I, I think it just was so, so lacking for so long that people yeah. are grateful to come out. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like you did a ton of renovation in there. You made tables out of old wood that I sound rustic and the bar and the whole nine yards. Talk a little bit about that process and what that did for you and your heart and your investment emotionally in this place. Well, I'm a blue collar worker. And so I loved it. (laughs) It's actually a lot easier. It's stressful, but a lot easier sometimes than managing employees and, and, you know, businesses, there's just require a lot of oversight with licensing and insurance. And you just end up having to spend a lot of time learning stuff that you don't really care to know, but is necessary for running the business. When COVID hit, we tore out ceilings and walls and really gutted it. And, and a lot of people helped, but my son in particular, and I did a lot of the work, put in all new electrical and a bunch of welding for the the old girders aren't the seismic code that you need for today. So the structural engineer showed us what we needed to do and helped get all of that in. We had a kind of a fab shop in the building for a while, getting all of the welding done and all the seismic work done and And then, yeah, we took all the ceiling joists out and then used them to build our bar and all of the tables. But it was a fun process. And my wife and I, we're not the best collaborators, even though we've done renovations together for for over 20 years. What we do is we stay out of each other's lane. Mm -hmm. And and so I kind of do the first 20%, and then she comes in and makes it look like I knew what I was doing with all the finishes and design and faucets and whatnot. And I just think the project turned out really well. She calls it utilitarian chic oh. is the, the name for it. And so it was really rewarding. And it's still fun when people come in for the first time and they, they can picture what it used to be and then see what it is now. And they're shocked. They actually think we did an addition. Wow. It's so open. It looks like it's a lot bigger than it was. Yeah. How old is the building? It was built in 1948, and it's just a really well-built building. It was right after World War II, and so materials and, and labor were plentiful. I think it was just at the time our, our nation's ability to produce steel was so so big that that it, it would, you know was worth the money to just make them kind of overkill at the time. Yeah. Well, I always think whenever you get into the guts of an old building, you just learn interesting, interesting things. So, Mark, what do you feel like is your your next thing? Like, what's on your horizon? Oh, man, that's a good question. What I really want to do is there's a, a new tax method that allows you to have like local investors in a business, mm-hmm. what's called equity-based crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. And what I really would like to do when it kind of gets back to my passion for the community where I feel like there's a lot of people that they're just not invested in downtown. Maybe they, they like a business or a certain building or whatnot. 
But what I'd like to do is is use this new piece of the tax code and sell shares to individuals for maybe five hundred dollars into the the cash, and then they they literally and and figuratively be invested in downtown. And when I brought some investors in on the island market, I I found out that. There's a lot of people that are really interested in investing a little bit of money in a local business. Mm -hmm. I just think it'd be so fun for people and for the community to have a business that a lot of people owned a a little share of. Yeah, no, I would agree. It's the sort of thing that can bring people together. And so many towns all across America need revitalization in their downtowns. And their downtowns are cool. They're very cool, but they're just being overlooked because of, you know, malls and then Amazon and et cetera, et cetera. So I love that you have yeah. this idea. This is really good. Yeah, Walmart in particular has a strategy that's been really detrimental to downtown. They call it bookending, and they've done it in Logan. So we have a South Walmart and a North Walmart, and... So no one needs to go downtown. They can hit those stores on the kind of on the outside of town. It's a business model that works, not like some nefarious means to destroy downtowns. But the effect has been a lot of shops downtown have suffered for sure under that kind of strategy. For sure, for sure. Well, Mark, this has been awesome. Has there been a question that I should have asked you that I didn't where you're like, ooh, I wish you would talk about this? Oh, gosh, I I don't know. No, I can't think of anything. Okay. I I just, for me, I guess I feel like I'm still trying to figure out what to do when I grow up. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're doing a lot of super cool things in the context of figuring that out. Would you like to give any contact information if people are interested in this equity-based crowdfunding or, you know, the address of the bar if you really want them to head down that direction? Oh, sure. Yeah, my email is just my last name, L-U-N-T, period, first name, M-A-R-K. So, Lunt, period, Mark, at gmail.com. Okay. Well, if anybody happens to be local and are interested in that equity-based crowdfunding, they can they can reach out to you and, you know, let's just see where that goes. And I appreciate just you taking the time for the interview. This has been so much fun. Oh, yeah, it's been my pleasure. It's been fun to talk about. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to pursue more in the self-development realm for you and your business, contact us at leavebetter.com, where you leave better, and in addition, you leave the people and earth around you better as well. Think about this. Where you are currently is as a result of the decisions you made six months ago. Similarly, the actions you take today set you up for six months from now. So do something today that pushes you toward that next level of you. One last thing before you go, become the dealer of growth in your sphere of influence by sharing this episode with two friends. And if you'd like to help me personally, leave a review because yes, that actually does help. Now, go be intentional.